Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Sorry, Rory. What's the crack, hey? Jesus, I was plastered last night. You legends. Jesus, I've a head on me like a robber's dog. Well, holy God. No harm, no foul. That fella. If there was work in the bed, he'd sleep on the floor, huh? I tell you, he's some dose. Great day for the washing. That's deadly. Oh. my Yeah. Gobshite. He's bleeding massive. Hello everyone. Hello, how are you? What's the crack? How's it, how are you getting on? This is series to Everdo of Tis Yourself and Oh My God, I Can't Believe It, that, you know, I could come back, that I didn't have to wrap up after one season and be like, okay, that was a colossal failure. Uh, thank you so much, um, whether you're, this is your first time or if you're a returning listener, thank you so, so much. If it is your first time, come follow us on Instagram. The name is Tis Yourself and love to hear from you. Send me a DM or whatever or a message or a comment. Love to hear from you. So let's have a little chat about, um, I suppose it's not that short of a break between the last series. I had planned to take um, more than four weeks off. I planned to take a couple of months off between season one, season two and ended with the unbelievable Hollywood star Jerry O'Connell, star of Sliders and Stand By Me and obviously Endangered Species, which is out now. So my plan was I'll take a few weeks off and then, you know, start pre-recording and everything. And then in the space of like a week, I got four guests and I was like, wow, okay, these are recorded. Uh, What do I do? Do I just sit on them for the next foreseeable future and put them out in three months time? And I was like, you know what? Let's just come back and, you know, feck it. Feck it. Like, you know, what else am I doing? (laughs) It'll keep me out of the beer gardens and all that kind of stuff. So that wouldn't, that's a, possibly a great thing for me um there's no indoor dining so I'm not missing out on any crack I've no FOMO so I might as well get it on and yeah start milling ahead so there's four episodes in the bag as I speak to you now and if you have any suggestions anyone you want to hear that you know was a bit you know offbeat or um always want to hear different you know I don't know if it's a YouTuber or if it's a TikToker or if it's someone from your favourite TV show or whatever but I can tell you of the four I've um, interviewed so far so I've interviewed four males so I am looking for some more females Um, I've had a reality star in there an actor um, one that's like all three acting, singing and reality star actually two of them are all three acting, singing and reality so I'm not going to tell you who they are you're going to have to just wait and see uh, I hope you've all been well in the little gap between here and now. I have to say a huge shout out to everyone who entered the competition at the end of the last series. Roisin McHugh was the winner and she got her stuff for the Penny's Voucher and the Sisterhood's Journal and all that stuff. So I was delighted to do that. And throughout this series, I will hopefully be doing another giveaway. Just have to wait like a paid 
you know, just the joy of life. <laughs> that is the that is the reality of podcast life. I have to wait till I get paid for my main job. Though this is the job that doesn't pay me. But anyway, um, what is the crack going on? Um, what's been happening in your lives? You know, keep getting contact with me. I want to hear. You know, I've. I've had two nights out and um, I had a day at Pride so that was a different day and I had almighty fear of God after my two nights out so that's why I'm quite happy to be sitting in and not going to a beer garden for a while. I'll, uh, I, it wasn't as bad when you could just drink in your house. <laughs> no one, if you, you never had to worry about how you got home because it was only your sitting room to your bedroom. All that kind of stuff. So I'm quite happy to do this uh, in my spare time when I'm not working. Before I get started into this week's episode I have to point out that I'm I'm recording these all on Zoom, okay? So they're at home, I'm in my room or whatever. And uh, this particular episode was when my dogs decided to just have a big fight downstairs. So there is a possibility you're going to hear some point during this interview. My poor sister, uh, God bless her, she was be trying to be quiet as she tried to control the two. Look, may I can't maniacs. That's what they are. They never fight. And of course, the minute I press record on a microphone they start fighting. So currently one is lying behind me and one is outside and I'm hoping to God it stays that way while I'm recording this little segue. That's why I have to rush through it. Now my first guest, I I ended last uh, series on a Hollywood Hollywood actor and I thought I'd come back with another Hollywood actor. Uh, Well, yeah, Hollywood. I I suppose Hollywood to me, it used to mean mean movies, but now I suppose TV is huge and actors who apparently didn't want to do TV are now doing it. So um, my next guest is from the biggest show. I think I can say this like hands on heart. The biggest show in the entire world that came out. Um, There's shows that everybody says you should watch. So uh, The Sopranos, Side note, I haven't watched it yet, but it is on my list. The Wire, also on my list. I haven't watched it yet. Um, Peaky Blinders, I'm totally on board. I'm waiting for season six to come out. Can I need more Tommy Shelby in my life. Um, Shit's Creek, simply for the lulls. And of course, the next one, Breaking Bad. Like you, I cannot express to you how much I love Breaking Bad. I was, I think, two episodes in and I was like, yeah, this is the show for me. It's got everything I need. It's got murder. It's got intrigue. It's got a home life. It's got a guy who looks a bit geeky and turns out to be a total badass. And yeah, I've got some badass cops. Brilliant. If you haven't watched it, like you can't be complaining about spoilers, first of all, because it's out how many years. I watched it when I was in Australia in about 2014 and I was backpacking on my own and kept me company on the Greyhound bus when I was on them for like 12 hours. And I'm sure anyone who was around me, if they hadn't watched Breaking Bad, they were like, what is she? Every time it's, ah, they heard the kind of noises you tend to come out of you when you're watching Breaking Bad. Obviously, Brian Cranston is the main star. He plays Walt Walter White, um, Heisenberg. And uh, Aaron Paul plays Jesse Pinkman. And my next guest, or Jimity, plays Walt Jr. aka Flynn. He is Walter White's son and in the show he has cerebral palsy just like he does in real life and it's something that also features in his new film Triumph. I got chatting to RJ all the way from Texas. Yes he was in Brownsville, Texas and I was in Dublin obviously and we were on Zoom and 
It was just such an honour to speak to him about, obviously about Breaking Bad, about triumph, about the idea of disability, about how we can help with that um, and so much more. And actually it was such an honour that I forgot to press record for about five minutes. So I'm going to pick up from where I started. And basically, I won't fill in all the blanks. We had great crack. We talked a lot about Texas, but I just asked him about how life was in Texas. Great. I, I love it. I moved here about two years ago uh, to a town called Brownsville. Uh, you know, my family, so my father's side of my family is from Texas and my mother's side of my family is from Louisiana. And so I spent a lot of time um, between the two when I was younger and, and really the last 15 years in California. But um, but I love it. I love the work that I'm doing here. Uh, I, I, I'm the president of a foundation based out of Austin, Texas here and um, focus on community needs and community service and scholarships and grants. And um, I, I love what I'm doing. So Amazing. So basically you moved, totally integrated yourself, and now you're trying to make the area better. Well, one of the things that I'm focusing on right now is, um, is my grandparents down in Brownsville, they named a cultural district after them. And, um, and they, they've invested quite a bit of money into the, the area. And so um, I actually have a, another community build out that I've, I've been um, spearheading here for the past five years. And, uh, and, and I love it. You know, we, we've been focusing on central and rural Texas um, for the last 20 years. And, uh, and, you know, it's great. You know, we, we, we affect people. I'm a big believer in direct impact programming. And not a lot of people know what that is, but, you know, you have a lot of programming that, that affects a very, affects a lot of people, but it doesn't really affect them directly. Um, it's like an indirect approach that we have a lot of these things about because no one wants to really like, people want to help people, but people also are afraid to help people. Yeah. So how do you, how do you help people? Um be better and uh, and to provide better opportunities and it's not just always the courses or the the things but really taking existing programs that need a little bit more help and being able to pump a little more infrastructure into them wow that's amazing considering you like have a full-time career as an actor then you're like oh wait what else can i do what else what other job can i take on well, I, this is kind of one of those careers. I, I dual, dual reality. My grandparents started this foundation, so mm. I, I kind of have an obligation to the foundation as well as an obligation to my acting community. Um, but I'm very lucky that uh, through what's happening in the world, acting, 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 I shoot movies. I shoot like three movies a year, but, um, but no matter what, I, I'm always working. And then growing, no matter where the industries are, I either I either put one hat down and change it out for another, or vice versa. So, so obviously, at the moment, you're promoting um, the film, your new film, which is Triumph, uh, about a young guy uh, set in the eighties, I think I think it is, um, who doesn't let his disability hold him back. So he wants to be a wrestler, and he's fully intent that just because he's got uh, cerebral palsy, that it's not going to hold him back. Obviously, it's very real for you and for your circumstance and it seems like it never held you back is is that something 
Is that right? Or is there a time that it did? I mean, it has its moments, you know, sometimes, sometimes <laughs> I'm um, weaker some days than others. Uh, but, you know, you know, this, this is the story of, of not letting your disabilities hold you back. But really, to me, what this story is, is not just that, but don't let other people's mindsets and the belief of your disability hold you back because, you know, having a disability, it's never been my disability per se, that has been my, my weakness. It has been the perception of my disability. That was my weakness or the view of, Oh, he's, he's sick or he needs, he needs physical therapy and occupational therapy to be all these great things. And, And yes, you do need these types of things to, to maintain and to control whatever physical or mental or whatever that, that formula you need to, to gain control of your body. But at a certain point, you, you reach a level where you're like, okay, I want to do more. I'm like, I have a disability, but I want to do all these other things. And a lot of times what happens is people go, you're disabled. You can't do that. And, and that's a mentality. That's a mindset. That's not the disability per se. You know, I grew up with a a belief that can't is a decision. You know, we, we say, I can't do this or I can't do that. You know, maybe in that instant, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you won't ever be able to do it. It just means in that moment. So through training and exercise and understanding, anything is possible. And, uh, and I'm a firm believer of that. So when you wanted to be an actor then as a young kid, were there people there going to you, oh no, you can't, you cannot be an actor? Yeah, you know, ironically, I didn't really want to be an actor when I was younger. Um, It wasn't really something that I sought myself out for like, oh, when I grow up, I want to be Jim Carrey and Robert De Niro and (laughs) Denzel Washington and all these amazing people. It was more or less like, I want to be like my grandfather. I want to be like, like my friends and, and just have a job. <laughs> um, <laughs> not, not necessarily a TV job, just any job. <laughs> um, and, and really I think more or less the doubt came from people, um, not necessarily about my disability or what I wanted to achieve, but just sheer disbelief in general. Um, it's not usually like, it, it, and even my father wasn't the most supportive about it. And other people in my life weren't very supportive about it. But we were going down that path and that path just turned into a career. And, and, and we knew we were doing something right. We knew we were in the position that we needed to be. But a lot of people didn't see it that way. And, and that's a testament to everyone, though. So many times and, and, and even probably in your life, you've, you've gone down a career path or gone down a road and people are like, huh, you're not going to, that's not going to pan for you. And you're like, well, I won't know <laughs> unless, yeah. I, unless I do it and maybe it won't, but it's knowledge. It's adventure. It's something new. And, and I think people are afraid of that sometimes and afraid for you that they don't want and they care about you. Um, but sometimes that caring can can damage your future or your mindset and people people sometimes have to let go easier said than done well yeah that's true easier said than done and then they think they're doing the right thing when actually they're just shielding you they think that's a good thing hit me with the sun baby (laughs) just just throw the sun at me at this point I'm, I'm ready so how did acting then come about if it wasn't what you were looking for if you were just happy to get any old job 
so initially I started because uh, of my little sister. Uh, she got casted out of a water park uh, in Houston, Texas. And that's what brought us to L.A. This agent saw her and she was casting for a Lusso Ball campaign. And they're like, we'd love to use her for this campaign. Uh, it would be like a, a couple of months in Los Angeles. And here you go. And we, we were like, ah, my mom was kind of sick at the time. My grandparents were kind of sick at the time. And it was kind of like, oh, let's go do something. Let's go. Let's change our change our environment. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did. <laughs> and it turned into a career. And uh, I started working as an extra. And I recommend to anyone that's listening or, or seeing this, but um, if you want to be an actor and you want to get into the industry, I highly recommend extra work. I tell I tell everybody that because a lot of times you'll get on set, you'll do the auditions, you'll pay tons of money to to, to get training and schooling and, and, and living a lifestyle that people think that you need to live when it comes to influencers and this and that and whatever. But if you were on a set and you're like, I don't like this, like you get the job, you, you get, you get the job and you're there and you're like, this isn't really what I like. Yeah. And, and most people, sometimes that happens, but when you're an extra, you're able to get on the set, you're able to be involved, minimal responsibility and they pay and feed you. So, I mean, <laughs> now that's the best way to look at it. I agree. So you're doing extra work. And it's all going really well and you're doing really big shows. And then the biggest show on the planet comes along and wants you to be part of it. So, yeah. So I I, uh, I was working, um, I was doing acting classes and things in Los Angeles and working as an extra on like shows like Hannah Montana and Everybody Hates Chris and Weeds mm. and a bunch of other shows, 13 other shows and movies, all, all big projects. And then I got the audition for Breaking Bad. And uh, I was about six months a year into. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I uh, six months uh, and a year into um, to working as like an actor in LA and and that thing. Um, and I got the audition for Breaking Bad and Breaking Bad. I auditioned five times, four in Los Angeles and once in New Mexico. And, uh, and it, it gave me a career. It, it solidified me in the industry. And, you know, a show like Breaking Bad, you can never leave it and it will never leave you. Um, you know, even we've been off the air for six years now almost. And, um, you know, it still carries on today. You know, people are still tuning in. I get messages where people are like, oh, I just watched Breaking Bad for the first time and I love it. And I'm like, <laughs> okay that's awesome I mean it, it's amazing to see this and it's amazing to see with Better Call Saul and, and El Camino and the shows that the legacy is still carrying and um, you know it, it gave me a platform to do amazing things with so it also opened up people's eyes to things like cerebral palsy and other disabilities in TV shows because it wasn't made into a big deal it wasn't Walt Jr. wasn't seen as someone who just needs help all the time. It was just part of who he was, his everyday life. And I love that it wasn't made into this massive deal. Yeah, no, he's he's a person. That's and that's what I think I cared so much about this series and why I'm I think the Walt Jr. character really lived on so well. And then all the characters, one being great writing. But um yeah. but when it came to Walt Jr. 
you know this uh, the the humanity of Walt Jr. was was very uh, a commonality that we all share of an individual who wants to have a happy family with a, with a, with a, uh, everyone together and happy and, and, and no one's fighting and just living our lives and going to school and, and making friends. And, you know, that's, that's what we kind of, to a degree, we, we all want, we want to just be able to be who we are as individuals. And we live in a world where people like to place labels on people. And, you know, some of those labels are good. Some of those labels are bad. Um, and, and that's just kind of our society. Society. That's how we get to understand people generically, like mass amounts of people is that we place a label on it. Oh, you have a limp or you use crutches or you're a wheelchair user, an amputee or whatever that may be mentally, physically, whatever you're disabled. And, and you're, you're that one type of person and this is all you'll ever be. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but we all know that's a lie and we all know it's many facets of people and many different ways of going about it. And when we showed Walt Jr., we didn't just show um, some happy disabled kid, right? We showed a kid that was growing up, losing his family, trying to hold his family together. And, and yes, he had crutches, but really they were just a, a, a part of him. As much, as much as anything else is as much as an arm or a leg, you know? So really the normality of showing how normal having a disability is to me is so important because it really is normal. You know, they say 15% of the world's population, 15% has a disability. And those are the registered people. Think about the millions or billions of people around the world with with mental, emotional, situational, like, like family and friends and that are affected by disability. I mean, we all are and we all eventually age and 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 decay. That's part of being human. That's part of our 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 body is is that that we, we get old and we 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 have to deal with it, and um and so I, the commonality to me is is one of the key factors. What made Walt Junior so great and relatable to a lot of people is that we all have that type of earning or yearning to to want to to live our lives the way that we see fit. Yeah, and that's something we see in Triumph with Mike, obviously your character. He doesn't see the barriers that everyone else sees. He's just like, I want to ask the girl out. I want to go on a date. I want to wrestle. I want to wrestle. Yeah, that's 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 it. That's it. And, and you know, um, you know, people say, oh, inspirational porn or, or whatever it is. And, and, you know, for Triumph, it's much deeper than just an individual with a disability. It's 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 a view of an individual with a disability. And that was something that I really wanted to make sure that we we drove home and creating this story was it's not just a, a a story about starring a disabled person it's a story starring a person who wants to achieve goals and dreams that society doesn't always agree with mm-hmm. and you know we we live in a world where you're seeing more and more people um break out of society and, and do amazing things and they're like we never thought this was possible you're pioneering something and in fact 
it's super possible. It's super relatable. And it's not abnormal to see abnormal things. Um, but we just don't, we're just not aware. <laughs> we're just not, not, not aware of what our surroundings are or even the views of others. We, a lot of people have this singular view and they go, Oh, this is the world. And this is everything about it. And, you know, sometimes that works for people, but that's not, a reality. The reality is, is we all come in shapes and sizes and have different views and understanding and walks of life. To me, the difference between someone in a wheelchair, someone that can, that, that has no legs or has, has no arms or that can walk or not walk, you know, the difference is nothing to me when it comes to, they're all trying to achieve the same goal, the same dream and the same belief. Um, we're just all getting there differently. Yeah, and that's what's great in this film because we see it's great that Mike has this mentality of, you know, he can do anything, but he also needs other people supporting him. And it's their support, like, that helps what he can achieve, has people in his corner, his friends, his family, his coach. And when he has them cheering for him, the barriers can be very easily broken down. Well, and and not just for him, but for their own views of him. Like, so like when you look at someone with a disability and you go, oh, I don't want him to get hurt or oh, we got to, we got to cater to them and make sure that everything is like cut and clean and like, you know, some people need that, you know, some people don't have the dexterity, but, but the thing is, is a lot of people want to learn how to get the dexterity. Like no one, no one wants to put someone put their underwear on for the rest of their life. Like that's, that's just kind of a thing. Um, and so for triumph, I think one of the big factors is, is you see these individuals that, that Mike bonds with and, and, and befriends, they start with a view of him and that view then vastly differs towards the end of the the movie. <laughs> And that's something that I, I hope people in real life can take away is that, that don't judge a book by its cover mentality. And, you know, a lot of these types of mentalities have been cliched, but they're so important because they are relevant. And, and like we've had, we have them for a reason because they, they are a big part of our society when it comes to how we view each other, how, how we handle each other and how we maneuver around this world with each other. And no matter where you are in life, you can always make your living situation better and stronger and, and put yourself in a position to grow. But like for me, when the bully was, you know, giving him a hard time, the wording he was using is so disgusting. And like you can't like I know it's said, you know, years ago and there was words were said. It's just that you it's like you can't say those words now. Well, it's an 80s. It's an 80s. Sorry. Yeah. It's an 80s period piece. I mean, like, but like I, I say, we're still not as far off as people think. Really? I mean, you're not going to hear it like because people people are afraid of the media. People are so afraid of social media. They're so afraid of, of this. And, you know, you, you get people that occasionally will like share political views and then their whole world blows up. And they're like, I didn't do anything wrong, but they're like, that's bigotry. Like, that's that's the problem. Um, and and you just don't see it as much. But part of that is is we don't 
we don't stand for it like we used to. Mm-hmm. And, and now when you type something or you put something in the media, it's forever. And that is career altering stuff right there. So if you, if you want to spread this type of mentality and bully people, like you can't do it publicly. Sadly, a lot of these bullies now and a lot of these people that, that have that mentality, they do it in ways that they can't get caught. Yeah, I suppose you're right because people aren't going to say it out loud or they're not going to tweet it, but it's not going to stop someone saying it to a kid in school to their face instead of online where they can be held accountable for it. Yep. And, you know, I, I dealt with my own church or bullies. Everybody, everybody faces bullies in their life. Even as an adult, you deal with bullies. They're just called, sometimes called boss. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but the, the thing is, is how you handle them and being a witness. You know, we all witness it. We all see it. And, and luckily now we stand up for what we believe in more often than we, we had in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm very happy to see that the mindsets are changing. It's just more or less like it, it takes time. It takes generations. You know, it, this isn't like people are like, we want change now. And I'm like, I want change now. But but you have to realize that we're four or five generations um, in on this mentality. So we have to go four or five generations out to the next mentality. And it's already changed. You know, the, 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 the five-year-old today is not the five-year-old 20 years from or 20 years from today, you know, or the 20 years in the past. It's they're very different kids and in very different worlds and living in very different times. And I'm, um, I'm optimistic for the future at the same time worried, but I think, I think we'll be all right. Well, let me just say, I think anyone who bullied you when they were younger is looking now going, Holy crap. He's a superstar. And Jesus Christ. I mean, they're probably like, man, I'm glad I got to kick him while he was down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, hopefully someone's kicking them now. Just saying. One day. Oh, listen, Orgy, it was so lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much for giving up this time. And it's just lovely to have a feel-good film in in my life. It's just nice to have something, something happy with a good ending. Awesome, good. That's what we like to hear. So thank you so much. I'm glad you enjoyed Ladies and gentlemen, that was Orje Mitty. Can you believe it? I got to chat to one of the stars at Breaking Bad. This is amazing about this podcast. Like I, and for the previous one I did, and if you haven't listened to that before, it's called uh, Q102 Weekend Buzz. So if you search for that, I've gotten to chat to stars of my favourite TV show. So like I chatted to Peter Scanavino from Law & Order SVU which if you know me like is I love Creasy and I literally love every bit of SVU it's the only thing I watch when everyone's watching Love Island I am watching SVU I'm currently re-watching it again for the 50th time on season 4 um, I've gotten to talk to Noah Reed from Shits Creek again mentioned earlier absolutely love it um, what else uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine Jolo Trulio superstar um, and now I've gotten to chat to RJ from Breaking Bad Walt Jr like oh my god there's so many questions I wanted to ask him about Brian and Aaron and uh, unfortunately halfway through the chat RJ's uh, Wi-Fi went and it was like seven o'clock in the morning there and God bless him he had to run around the house and get you know himself connected again so we didn't have as much time as we'd hoped but it was just so lovely and actually you know he got he taught us a lot in what he was saying and his positive mentality and 
Yeah, he's such a lovely fella. Like he is, he's such a lovely fella. Um, I hope you learned something from the chat today. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. If you're a Breaking Bad or, you know, Triumph fan, if you've seen the film and you really like him. Um, if you haven't seen it, go search for it now. It is coming out on all streaming services. So you'll be able to see it there. Um, I'm not sure with the cinemas because, you know, it's very limited at the moment, but it might be out in a cinema near you. So do look for that as well. Obviously, it'd be better to go watch it in the cinema because, you know, the big screen and the popcorn, whatever. But it is on streaming services and you can buy and download it to watch it. And it, as I said, it is a feel good thing. Like, you know, it's it, there is some harsh bits in it because, you know, it has to be because it's to be real. But like, it's just lovely to be coming away from something and going, oh, and cheering for somebody and an, an underdog and you know us Irish we love underdogs we because we're always the underdogs so um, it's just nice to have that cheering and screaming and hoping that you know the good guy comes out well in this so I would definitely recommend it and I um, yeah I would definitely give it a thumbs up so go and watch it you've heard it here alright this is the end of episode one of season two and as I said come find me on Instagram or if you're listening to me on Apple Podcasts do like and leave a five star review and if you want to leave a little comment I would love to hear your favourite Irish phrase or saying just pop it in the box there and then when it comes to people timeline and they're like Munty or Minger or um, oh, they're all M's apparently or um Ask your father or, um, you know, if Mary jumped off a cliff, would you jump off one too? They'll be like, what the heck is this? So let's confuse the heck out of iTunes listeners by leaving a five star review and mentioning your favourite Irish phrase or saying if you have one and you want to feature in this season of Tis Yourself, if you send me a little voice note, you can do that to my email, which is welltisyourself at gmail.com. Send me a little voice note with your favourite Irish phrases and I will add them in and I would love to hear it. Like, how do you say, you know, I was locked, I was drunk, I was, for my friend, mamuclified. <laughs> how do you say hello? How do you say, how? what's the story? What's the crack? How are you getting on? And most of all, how do you say goodbye? And I would love to hear that. So... On that note, I'm going to say goodbye. Good luck, Sloan. Chat to you. Go on now. Go on. Go, go, go on. All right. Now, we'll see you. Good luck. Bye, 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 bye. Bye. Sure luck. Isn't that it? Sure luck, sure listen. Jesus, I'm knackered. Mother and lantern, Jesus. There's not a child's arse in the house washed. Good luck.